The First Day of Creation, from Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness was on the surface of the deep, and God's Spirit was hovering over the surface of the waters. God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw the light and saw that it was good. God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. There was evening and there was morning, the first day. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna to the Son of David. Let us pray. Most merciful God, as the people of Jerusalem, with palms in their hands, gathered to greet your dearly beloved Son when he came into his holy city, grant that we may ever hail him as our King, and, when he comes again, may go forth to meet him with trusting and steadfast hearts, and follow him in the way that leads to eternal life. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel is according to St. John, the twelfth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. On the next day, a great multitude had come to the feast. When they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took the branches of the palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Jesus, having found a young donkey, sat on it, as it is written, Don't be afraid, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king comes, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples didn't understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written about him and that they had done these things to him. The multitude, therefore, that was with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead, was testifying about it. For this cause also the multitude went and met him, because they heard that he had done this sign. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, See how you accomplish nothing? Behold, the world has gone after him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let us go forth in peace in the name of the Lord.
be not thou far from me, O Lord. O my strength, haste thee to help me. Save me from the lion's mouth, for thou hast heard me from the horns of the wild oxen. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? All they that see me laugh at my scorn. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head, saying, He trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. But be not thou far from me, O Lord. O my strength, haste thee to help me. Save me from the lion's mouth. For thou hast heard me from the horns of the wild oxen. The advent of our King, our prayers must now employ, and we must hymns of welcome sing in strains of holy joy. Testament lesson for this Palm Sunday is written in the ninth chapter of Zechariah, beginning at the ninth verse. Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion! Shout, daughter of Jerusalem! Behold, your king comes to you. He is righteous and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim, and the horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be cut off, and he will speak peace to the nations, and his dominion will be from sea to sea, and from the river to the ends of the earth. As for you also, because of the blood of your covenant, I have set free your prisoners from the pit in which is no water. Turn to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope, even today, I declare that I will restore double to you. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. You hold me by my right hand. 
you will guide me with your counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. Truly God is good to Israel, to such as are pure in heart. The epistle is written in the second chapter of Philippians, beginning at the fifth verse. Brothers, have this in your mind, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, didn't consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being made in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death. Yes, the death of the cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him, and gave to him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven, those on earth, and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning? Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried to you and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not ashamed. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the 26th and 27th chapters. Glory be to thee, O Lord. When Jesus had finished all these words, he said to his disciples, You know that after two days the Passover is coming, and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. Then the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders of the people were gathered together in the court of the high priest, who was called Caiaphas. They took to counsel together that they might take Jesus by deceit and kill him. But they said, Not during the feast, lest a riot occur among the people. Now when Jesus was in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him having an alabaster jar of very expensive ointment, and she poured it on his head as he sat at the table. But when his disciples saw this, they were indignant, saying, Why this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. However, knowing this, Jesus said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? She has done a good work for me. For you always have the poor with you, but you don't always have me. 
For in pouring this ointment on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Amen. I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be spoken as a memorial of her. Then one of the twelve, who was called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? So they weighed out for him thirty pieces of silver. From that time, he sought opportunity to betray him. day of unleavened bread. The disciples came to Jesus, saying to him, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain person, and tell him, The teacher says, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. The disciples did as Jesus commanded them, and they prepared the Passover. Now when evening had come, He was reclining at the table with the twelve disciples. As they were eating, he said, Amen, I tell you that one of you will betray me. They were exceedingly sorrowful, and each began to ask, It isn't me, is it, Lord? He answered, He who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. The Son of Man goes even as it is written of him. But woe to that man through whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would be better for that man if he had not been born. Judas, who betrayed him, answered, It isn't me, is it, Rabbi? He said to him, You said it. As they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks for it, and broke it. He gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body. He took the cup, gave thanks, and gave to them, saying, All of you drink it, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for many for the remission of sins. But I tell you that I will not drink this fruit of the vine from now on, until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. This mortal anguish, it is my sin. 
they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me tonight. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you into Galilee. But Peter answered him, Even if all will be made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Jesus said to him, Amen. I tell you that tonight, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. All of the disciples also said likewise. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, Sit here while I go there and pray. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and severely troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went forward a little, fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass away from me. Nevertheless, not what I desire, but what you desire. He came to the disciples and found them sleeping, and said to Peter, What, couldn't you watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray, that you don't enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again a second time. He went away and prayed, saying, My father, if this cup can't pass away from me unless I drink it, your desire be done. He came again and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. He left them again, went away, and prayed a third time, saying the same words. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Arise, let's be going. Behold, he who betrays me is at hand. While he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a great multitude with swords and clubs from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he who betrayed him had given them a sign, saying, Whoever I kiss... He is the one. Seize him. Immediately he came to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus said to him, Friend, why are you here? Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and took him. Behold, one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its place, for all those who take the sword will die by the sword. 
Or do you think that I couldn't ask my father and he would even now send me more than twelve legions of angels? How then would the scriptures be fulfilled that it must be so? In that hour, Jesus said to the multitudes, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to seize me? I sat daily in the temple teaching, and you didn't arrest me. But all this has happened that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled. The sinless Son of God must die in sadness. The sinful child Those who had taken Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were gathered together. But Peter followed him from a distance to the court of the high priest, and entered in, and sat with the officers to see the end. Now the chief priests, the elders, and the whole council sought false testimony against Jesus, that they might put him to death, and they found none. Even though many false witnesses came forward, they found none. But at last, two false witnesses came forward and said, This man said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. The high priest stood up and said to him, Have you no answer? What is this that these testify against you? But Jesus stayed silent. The high priest answered him, I adjure you by the living God that you tell us whether you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to him, You have said so. Nevertheless, I tell you, after this you will see the Son of God sitting at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of the sky. Then the high priest tore his clothing, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. Why do we need any more witnesses? Behold, now you have heard his blasphemy. What do you think? They answered, He is worthy of death. Then they spat in his face and beat him with their fists, and some slapped him, saying, Prophesy to us, you Christ, who hit you? Surrounded, all worldly pleasure. 
Now Jesus was sitting outside in the court, and a maid came to him, saying, You were also with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before them all, saying, I don't know what you are talking about. When he had gone out onto the porch, someone else saw him and said to those who were there, This man also was with Jesus of Nazareth. Again he denied it with an oath, I don't know the man. After a little while, those who stood by came and said to Peter, Surely you are also one of them, for your speech makes you known. Then he began to curse and to swear, I don't know the man. Immediately the rooster crowed. Peter remembered the word which Jesus had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Then he went out and wept bitterly. Now when morning had come, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. They bound him, led him away, and delivered him up to Pontius Pilate the governor. Then Judas, who betrayed him, when he saw that Jesus was condemned, felt remorse, and brought back the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned in that I betrayed innocent blood. But they said, What is that to us? You see to it. He threw down the pieces of silver in the sanctuary and departed. Then he went away and hanged himself. The chief priest took the pieces of silver and said, It's not lawful to put them into the treasury, since it is the price of blood. They took counsel and bought the potter's field with them to bury strangers in. Therefore the field has been called the field of blood to this day. 
Then that which was spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled, saying, They took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of him upon whom a price had been set, whom some of the children of Israel priced, and they gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord commanded me. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said to him, So you say. When he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. Then Pilate said to him, Don't you hear how many things they testify against you? He gave him no answer, not even one word, so that the governor marveled greatly. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release to the multitude one prisoner whom they desired. They had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. When therefore they were gathered together, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release to you? Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Christ? For he knew that because of envy they had delivered him up. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent to him, saying, Have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitudes to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. But the governor answered them, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? They said, Barabbas! Pilate said to them, What then shall I do to Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said to him, Let him be crucified. But the governor said, Why? What evil has he done? But they cried out exceedingly, saying, Let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that nothing was being gained, but rather that a disturbance was starting, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this righteous person. You see to it. All the people answered, May his blood be on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them, but Jesus he flogged and delivered to be crucified. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole garrison together against him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him 
They braided a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and a reed in his right hand. And they kneeled down before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! They spat on him, and took the reed and struck him on the head. When they had mocked him, they took the robe off him, and put his clothes on him, and led him away to crucify him. As they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, and they compelled him to go with them, that he might carry his cross. When they came to a place called Golgotha, that is to say, the place of a skull, they gave him sour wine to drink mixed with gall. When he had tasted it, he would not drink. When they had crucified him, they divided his clothing among them, casting lots, and they sat and watched him there. They set up over his head the accusation against him, written, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then there were two robbers crucified with him, one on his right hand and one on the left. Those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, You who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests, also mocking with the scribes, the Pharisees, and the elders, said, He saved others, but he can't save himself. If he is the King of Israel, let him come down from the cross now, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now, if he wants him. For he said, I am the Son of God. The robbers also who were crucified with him cast on him the same reproach. What heir of earthly good this life may grant me? I'll risk for thee, no shame, no cross shall daunt me. I shall not fear what man can do to from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. 
About the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eili, Eili, lema sabachthani. That is, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of them who stood there, when they heard it, said, This man is calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and took a sponge, filled it with vinegar, put it on a reed, and gave him a drink. The rest said, Let him be. Let's see whether Elijah comes to save him. Jesus cried with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. The earth quaked and the rocks were split. The tombs were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they entered into the holy city and appeared to many. Now the centurion and those who were with him watching Jesus, when they saw the earthquake and the things that were done, were terrified, saying, Truly this was the Son of God. Many women were there watching from afar, who had followed Jesus from Galilee, serving him. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. When evening had come, a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who himself was also Jesus' disciple, came. This man went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Then Pilate commanded the body to be given up. Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut out in the rock. Then he rolled a large stone against the door of the tomb and departed. Mary Magdalene was there, and the other Mary, sitting opposite the tomb. Now on the next day, which was the day after the preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees were gathered together to Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember what the deceiver said while he was still alive, that after three days I will rise again. Command, therefore, that the tomb be made secure until the third day lest perhaps his disciples come at night and steal him away and tell the people he is risen from the dead, and the last deception will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard. Go, make it as secure as you can. So they went with the guard and made the tomb secure, sealing the stone. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was delivered up to death, that he might quicken his people. In Salem also is his tabernacle and his dwelling place in Zion. He was delivered up to death, that he might quicken his people. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He was delivered up to death, that he might quicken his people. Ride on, ride on in majesty, hark all the tribes, Hosanna cry. 
Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Many weeks ago, we climbed the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John following Christ as he went to pray. At that time, we were about finished celebrating Christmas and Epiphany, that time when we were in full awe at this child born to Mary and how through his teachings and signs and wonders he showed himself to be a man, but also more than a man. In the Transfiguration, there Jesus showed us and these three disciples who this son of Mary was. His face shone like the sun, his clothes were dazzling white. A voice from heaven proclaimed this son of man to also be the son of God that we were to listen to him. Our Lord, for a brief moment, showed Peter, James, and John the full glory of his divinity, to which the Heavenly Father bore witness. And they couldn't handle it. Physically, they couldn't handle it. They fell on their faces. They were terrified. They became heavy with sleep. They couldn't stay awake until our Lord coming back into his humility, told them to rise. The glory of our Lord was too much for them. Now today, we go with Peter, James, and John again, but this time not up a mountain, but into a garden, as they follow Jesus into Gethsemane to pray. But here, There is no seeing Jesus' face shine. His clothes are not illuminated, brighter than any bleach. They're normal. Today, with the Passion reading, it can be hard to see any of Jesus' glory because the only thing that seems to show is his humiliation. Now, humiliation. We all understand humiliation in a sense because We have all, in some way, been humiliated ourselves. We've all been cut down, brought low, made humble when we didn't want to. 
Maybe you felt humiliated when you failed a test in school. Maybe when you were getting told off by a parent or a friend or a spouse in front of other people. Maybe you were humiliated when you lost a job, suffered a divorce, or you just plain made a fool out of yourself in front of strangers or friends. Whatever the case, we felt it. When we were on top of the world one moment, then brought low and full of shame the next. For us, it's an embarrassment. causes shame. But for Christ, his humiliation was the Father's will. For it was the same glorious Son of God that was there at creation. That was also conceived in the womb of Mary held in her arms, nursed at her breasts. It was the same Christ who sat on his throne of glory in heaven, surrounded by angels, who, the psalm said, rode on cherubim to fly, who now, today, rode into Jerusalem, not on cherubim, but on a lowly donkey on the ground, surrounded by people who could not see who he truly was. This Christ is the glorious one whom the Father had chosen to be the cornerstone for all salvation. But this chief cornerstone is the same Christ whom the chief priests, elders, and even one of his own twelve schemed to betray and kill. This Christ was the gloriously proclaimed Lion of Judah. That's what the Old Testament called him, the Lion of Judah who was then in great humiliation, betrayed with a kiss, put in chains, while the murderous, roving lion licked his lips. This Christ in the Old Testament is referred to as the glorious good shepherd for whom the people of Israel desperately waited, but whom, when he was betrayed, smitten, arrested, saw his eleven disciples scatter. This Christ was he who was faithful to Israel through the whole Old Testament. He was the angel of the Lord there at the Exodus when they went into the promised land, when they were in exile and returned to Jerusalem from Babylon. He who was faithful was denied by his chief disciple three times. Here in this Passion, Here sat the son of David, surrounded by high priests, Pharisees, scribes, and elders. He was the one they were waiting for, at least who the Jews were waiting for. But the one who they were waiting for was who they condemned to death for blasphemy. And here the word of God that they they read and studied for centuries Here that word of God was being insulted by their words of men as they struck him and mocked him. When he came under Pontius Pilate, when he was betrayed by the Jews to the Gentiles, there our Lord, there he who is the Son of the Most High, stood before his people, his own people, before the great judgment seat. And he was the one to watch as the people chose instead to release the worst of criminals named Barabbas. So the Son of the Most High 
they wanted crucified, while they released Barabbas, whose name meant Son of the Father. This Christ is the glorious great judge. Whom was the righteous man that Pilate's wife in a dream suffered because of? But this great judge was judged to be put to death by Pilate as he tried to cleanse his hands of all of it. Here was the king of kings being mocked by the Gentiles as they put a purple robe on him. Here was the king of kings coming under Adam's curse, his curse of thorns and thistles as a crown of thorns was put on his head as he was mocked, spit on, and beaten by those Gentiles, those Gentiles who were so blind that they didn't recognize that who they beat, who they mocked, was the one whom they were created through. Here was the word of God through which everything was created, hanging on the cross with nothing, as even his garments were divided below him. Here was the Lord of hosts, the mighty Lord of armies, nailed to the tree with the sign above his head, while criminals and passerbys alike mocked him along with the Jewish leaders. Here was the light hanging on the cross as darkness overtook the land. Here hung the Son of God as the Father poured his wrath upon him. Here was he through whom everything has life who then breathed his last and yielded up his spirit. You see, we not only, with James and John and Peter, we not only experience the full glory of Christ on the Mount of Transfiguration, like we did weeks ago. Note, today, Starting today and throughout this whole week, we also experience the full humility of Christ along with these three disciples as we, with them, follow Christ into this holy week and Gethsemane. That is what Peter, James, and John were now seeing in Gethsemane, the full humiliation of Christ the full humiliation of he who was sorrowful to the point of death. And here, in humiliation, his face didn't shine like the sun, but it was covered in the blood that was sweating from his brow. And just as Christ's glory was too much for these three disciples to handle, because remember, they couldn't even stay awake for a moment of it, Here, Christ's great humiliation is likewise too much for them to handle. They didn't watch and pray like they were told to because they couldn't. The humiliation, the sorrow, the death now encompassing Christ in his humiliation was too much for them, like the glory was too much for them. And so, Like at the transfiguration, they fell asleep because they couldn't sleep 
even for one hour. That's how much the humiliation was too great for them. Gethsemane was like the Mount of Transfiguration in this way. On the Mount of Transfiguration, just like at Gethsemane, the mystery of the Incarnation was too great. And the mystery of the Incarnation is this. This is why it's too great for us. Because when we look at Christ, here at Gethsemane, there at the cross, how is it that the great, glorious Son of God is also the sorrowful, humiliated, suffering servant? How is it that the Lamb going to the slaughter is also the great, victorious Lord of armies? It's not just the mystery of Christmas. This mystery of the Incarnation is what will now haunt us through the entire Holy Week. The mystery of the Incarnation going to the cross is the mystery of our faith. And this week, Just like this mystery is put in front of Peter, James, and John, it is also put before you. What are we to do with this great mystery of the Incarnation? Of this person who is the Son of God and the Suffering Servant? What are we supposed to do with this great mystery when not even Jesus' top three disciples could keep from being overwhelmed from it? They couldn't keep from drifting away in sleep because it was too heavy for them. It was too much, too overwhelming. What are we to do when his own disciples fled from him at his betrayal? Like we oftentimes flee from him when confession of him brings too many heavy consequences. What are we to do when it feels at times like those in the church condemn him like his own people condemned him? What are we supposed to do when the whole world condemns him like Pilate condemned him and sent him to death? Even though he tried to wash his hands of it, that didn't work. When we are too afraid to speak and, like Peter, deny him at those times of suffering, what are we to do? What are we to do this great and awesome Holy Week with this great mystery of the Incarnation and the Crucifixion? Here's what we do. We listen and receive the words of our Lord as he gave instruction to his three disciples in Gethsemane. And that is this. He told them, watch and pray. We know, we know far too well as sinners, as Christ says, that the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Yet Christ comes and tells us here at the start of Holy Week to watch. That is to repent, to keep our eyes on him and our ears open to him. 
And he tells us to pray. That is to pray for all his blessings, all his forgiveness that we receive in the word and sacraments. Pray for faith in the word and sacraments that it may be given to us so that we may not fall into temptation. Because our Lord knows this mystery of the incarnation on this holiest of weeks is too overwhelming for us. We can't understand it, but we can receive it. So this holy week, may this be what we do. May we watch and pray as the mystery of the glory of the Son of God and the humiliation of the suffering serpent are brought in their full glory and full humiliation before our eyes together on the cross this Friday. Watch, pray, be overwhelmed at the mystery which is your salvation. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We continue with the creed and the prayer. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, who has sent your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, to take upon him our flesh and to suffer death upon the cross, that all mankind should follow the example of his great humility, mercifully grant that we may both follow the example of his patience and also be made partakers of his resurrection. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. O Lord, have mercy. O Christ, have mercy. O Lord, have mercy. O Christ, hear us. God the Father in heaven, have mercy. God the Son, Redeemer of the world, have mercy. God the Holy Spirit, have mercy. Be gracious to us. Spare us, good Lord. Be gracious to us. Help us, good Lord. From all sin, good Lord, deliver us. From all error, good Lord, deliver us. From all evil, good Lord, deliver us. From the crafts and assaults of the devil, from sudden and evil death, from pestilence and famine, from war and bloodshed, from sedition and from rebellion, from lightning and tempest, from all calamity by fire and water, and from everlasting death. Good Lord, deliver us. 
by the mystery of your holy incarnation. Help us, good Lord, by your holy nativity, by your baptism, fasting, and temptation, by your agony and bloody sweat, by your cross and passion, by your precious death and burial, by your glorious resurrection and ascension, by the coming of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, in all time of our tribulation, in all time of our prosperity, in the hour of death, and in the day of judgment. Help us, good Lord. We poor sinners implore you to hear us, O Lord. To rule and govern your holy Christian church, we implore you to hear us, good Lord to preserve all pastors and ministers of your church in the true knowledge and understanding of your word and in holiness of life, to put an end to all schisms and causes of offense, to bring into the way of truth all who have erred and are deceived, to beat down Satan under our feet, to send faithful laborers into your harvest, to accompany your word with your spirit and grace to raise those who fall and to strengthen those who stand, and to comfort and help the weak-hearted and the distressed. We implore you to hear us, good Lord, to give all nations peace and concord, to preserve our land from discord and strife, to give our country your protection in every time of need, to direct and defend our President Joseph and all in authority to bless and protect our magistrates and all our people. We implore you to hear us, good Lord, to watch over and help all who are in danger, necessity, and tribulation, to protect and guide all who travel, to preserve all women in the perils of childbirth, to increase the happiness of all mothers with infant children in their blessings to defend and provide for all fatherless children and widows, to strengthen and keep all sick persons and young children, to free those in bondage and those innocently imprisoned, and to have mercy upon all men. We implore you to hear us, good Lord, to forgive our enemies, persecutors, and slanderers, and to turn their hearts, to give and preserve for our use the kindly fruits of the earth, and graciously to hear our prayers. We implore you to hear us, good Lord. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, we implore you to hear us. Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, have mercy. Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, have mercy. Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, grant us your peace. O Christ, hear us. O Lord, have mercy. O Christ, have mercy. O Lord, have mercy. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, do not deal with us according to our sins. 
do not reward us according to our iniquities. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, you desire not the death of a sinner, but rather that we turn from our evil ways and live. Graciously spare us those punishments which we by our sins have deserved, and grant us always to serve you in holiness and pureness of living. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Help us, O God of our salvation, for the glory of your name. Deliver us and purge away our sins for your name's sake. Almighty and everlasting God, since you govern and sanctify the whole Christian Church by your Holy Spirit, hear our prayers for all her saints. Mercifully grant that, by your grace, we may serve you in true faith. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you will glorify me. Spare us, O Lord, and mercifully forgive us our sins. Though by our continual transgressions we have merited your chastisements, be gracious to us. Grant that all these punishments which we have deserved may not come upon us, but that all things may work to our everlasting good. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. Are hard to bear.
Thy blood, my royal. 
righteousness shall be my crown. With these I need not hide me, and their incarnates richly wrought. As I know bride, I shall be brought to stand in joy beside.